Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'es Hashem Feedback and Insight Sheer number 87. Today we're going to talk about the importance of avoiding the comparison game that people play. Um, this is a sheer that would be helpful both for overall life and how to cope with jealousy and competitiveness and looking at what the other person is life, life is like and all those things um, in general life and in Shalom Bayes and in marriages as well. And the idea is is that, unfortunately, these days, we live in an age where there's social media, which in the overall world, basically, is people put up showing in their life what their life is supposedly, and I put that supposedly in quotes, uh, the life that um, is that person has, that you are upset that you don't have that life. And, uh, of course, when it comes to, let's say you have 25 pictures of yourself, uh, you pick, of course, the most, the best one, and that's what you put up there to show, uh, you know, to show who you are, quote-unquote, as if that's who you are. Now, the truth is, is that this is not something new. This has been going on for centuries and centuries since human nature existed. That is why one of the Aseris Adibris, the last one, is Loisachmaid, not the COVID things in your heart. And it's always been like that. It's always been human nature, and we need to know how to go overcome that over na- uh, that nature. And even in subcultures within our Orthodox Jewish society, where they're not exposed to social media, and they're not exposed to Instagram, and they're, let's say, careful, and they don't watch Hollywood things and all these things, and they don't have that what to compare to. Nevertheless, somehow, whatever reason, there has seeped into our society a very powerful force of status. I don't know if you could call it yichus, or I don't know if you could call it, uh, you know, uh, tears in society, besser mentioned versus the inferior mentioned, and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, um, not our caliber. Yes, our caliber. You have this type of talk even in communities that are not necessarily exposed to the outside world. And uh, this is something that needs a lot of tikkun. It comes from the, from the notion, beprimius, it comes from the notion that sometimes I deserve more. When you look at some, someone else that seems to have more than you, I deserve more. Or it's not fear that he has more than I do. Or, um, you know, and especially in our own professions, people tend to be jealous of people of their own profession. The Gemara talks about it, that needs extra careful care not to be affected by that. So to do the opposite and to genuinely be happy for somebody else is indeed an avayda. It is a work, but it's the only way to really achieve true happiness, not just in the next world, but in this world ourselves. Comparison, someone once said, has a pull that takes you off the true center of who you are. It throws you off kilter. It could do one out of two things, by the way. Extreme opposite effects when you start doing that comparing game to uh, when you look at others. On one hand, you could feel have an inferiority pro- uh, um, complex that you feel lower. That person's good looking. I'm not. That person has money. I, I have less money. That person has a better wife or husband. I have less. Things like that it causes you to feel inferior. But then you have the other way around, unfortunately, too. The exact opposite also happens. It puffs you up with pride. When you look at comparing to people that are lower than you, that are lower than you, 
and, uh, you know, whatever in status, and it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good that this person has less money than you. It makes you feel good when someone is less attractive than you are, and it it makes you feel good that this person has a lower standing in their status in the community or in shul than you are. So it could do two, both opposite damaging effects. Either causes you to feel really inferior for no reason, or to give you, make you become very arrogant. Either way is no good. Whether the, the effect of the comparison is that you're better and I'm worse, or the effect of the comparison is that I'm better and you're worse, either way, it is terribly destructive. And it's something that we have to blot out of our, um, our consciousness and um, it's something that is, is a strong pull that we need to fight against. It stems a lot from a certain insecurity. And the key really is, is to realize that, number one, in this world is a gagal hachizer. What goes up, goes down. What goes down, goes up. Nothing material lasts forever. And also, the true measuring stick of your value of who you are is not what others think about you, and not what others have or don't have versus what you have or don't have. Because if you're going to start viewing others as your measuring stick of who you are, then you are going to be prepared to have a very, very rocky roller coaster ride. Because things are constantly moving up and down, and you basically need to learn not to fall into this trap. Parents sometimes make this mistake also. When they know in, in their own home, they have their challenges with their children, whatever their challenges are, that they have challenges with their children or they have challenges with their finances or challenges in their shalom bias and whatever it may be, and they look at another family on the outside that seems like the perfect family, and the truth is there's no such thing as a perfect family. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. Very often people think, and this is people say this time and time again, I thought this couple was the sweetest and best couple they always they just click together they always great and never hear the opposite not that you want to that's another thing you don't feel good when other people are suffering but i'm just saying the point that some people are surprised because obviously their perception was incorrect they thought that things on the surface because it, it's on a show that it's good you know you go to a wedding buy a wedding and buy hasana and you see everyone's wearing their gowns and smiley and say cheese and everything and happy and, and, and you don't know what's going on inside not that you're looking for negative things Khalila. you always want to hope and be positive and and wish everyone well and that we're going to talk about in a minute but basically this idea of comp- of one family comparing to another family and feeling superior by the fact that you have a certain thing that or that you don't have a broken family that you Baruch Hashem are not divorced while you have another a friend of yours or other people that that you know that are divorced or that you and your wife came from homes that are, are, are that the parents had a healthy home. And then you see others that came from a broken home. And people have a tendency to just be judgmental and look down and so on and so forth. So one needs to know that looking at someone else's life and wishing you had that life is a very unrealistic, very unhealthy concept to have in the head. You really don't know what's going on in someone else's world. Another person's peckle, their burden, can be a lot heavier than you think it is, and you'll happily take your own. And uh, marriages work this way all the time. 
where people see superficial glimpses of other marriages and they make themselves crazy in the head, either puffing themselves up with arrogance that they have a better life than uh, the other one, or very often an inferiority complex and jealous of what you quote-unquote don't have. Either way, it's not healthy. And again, for those of us in our community that is exposed to movies and to comparing bodies and to comparing relations and comparing high happiness, quote-unquote happiness, um, we're assuming a lot of things that are uh, very much not the truth. And we need to understand that that is the case. And people um, that you are envious of many, many times, um, it's very, very... uh, nothing to write home about, despite the fact that it looks better than it actually is. And the truth be told, although some people do bring attention to themselves to be the source of a focus of jealousy for other people, over 90% of the time, it's it's really not their fault. They're just living the lives the way they're living it. And really, the Nakuda is to avoid these issues and to save us from lots of agmas nefesh and a lot of emotional pain that we really don't need to have is to appreciate our own neshama, to appreciate our own soul, to appreciate the path of that what that soul is taking and in marriage too to appreciate the mahalach of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared and what it's meant to be and to make the most of it and the best from it and that is really the key. We need to realize, and it's hard for us to, you know, to be aware of this, because very often how jealousy in comparison works, it's a niggling feeling within. It's a sensation that we feel inside. But if you really think deeply into it, it's a sensation that it's not about them. It's not about the people that you're comparing yourselves to, or it's, about the, it's not about the people you are jealous of. It's about you. For example... If you see somebody driving a nice car and you say to yourself in the head, you say to yourself, there's something really wrong with that guy that he's obsessed with nice cars. He's sick in the head. There's something off with him. And if you really very often look at yourself and you realize that, okay, you know, so the guy likes a nice car, fine. But you need to realize that he's just a regular guy that wants to drive a nice car. There's nothing nefarious about it. And what's upsetting you, assuming there's something wrong with that guy, there's nothing really wrong with that guy. And that happens so often. We create these automatic internal dialogues with ourselves, and we don't even realize it's happening, where we are jealous of something someone else has. So to sometimes calm our nerves about it, or to calm that sensation, we make fun and criticize and so on and so forth. And we need to learn how to do the opposite. We need to learn how to cheer people on. We need to learn how to encourage goodness in people. We need to learn how to be truly happy for somebody else. And to be happy with ourselves. And if we want a happy marriage, the way to focus it is from within. I'm going to do the best way HaKadosh Baruch gave me and have a happy marriage. And when you see somebody else, you wish on them a happy marriage. You wish on them all the simchas in the world. And after a while, it becomes more natural. This ayin toiva becomes more natural to us.
Another thing I want to bring up about the real complex nature of jealousy and of comparisons is that sometimes it may take up a ruchniistic form, a seemingly spiritual thing, and really it's not so. Now we know there's something called kinas seifrim, uh, meaning that sometimes you see somebody else achieving high in spiritual aspects, they're learning better, or they were matzliach, they finished a mesechta, whatever it is. So there's a certain healthy degree of competitive, um, you know, uh, 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 urge there in the ruchniistic, a positive level is, I want to do that mitzvah too. I want to finish, he finished the mesechta, I could finish that mesechta too. He did a hider with that, 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 that tefillin, whatever it is, I want to be able to do that hider too. So there are healthy aspects of that type of quote-unquote kinna, which is called kinna seifrim, and it's definitely true. However, for regular people like us, we have to be very, very careful, even when we exercise such type of things. We have to make sure, for example, that if we see someone learning better than us, or, or finishing mesechtes, and we want to yearn to be that, and to have that, the key behind that quote-unquote jealousy, if it's coming from the right place, is to motivate you to f- start finishing mesechtes yourself and start accomplishing yourself. But if you see it's breeding a resentment and an animosity towards that other person, even as you're trying to emulate that behavior, then you're on the wrong track because there's already a resentment there. So a person has to be careful about it. Another thing very often you find and it seems like it's a good thing, but it really isn't, is when, and men have, I'm, I'm saying it both ways, it's really both the men for the women, women for the men, but I'm going to give a, an example of it right here, pertaining to the man. The man marries a wife, she's a good wife, Anesha's Chayil, is Ehrlich, and decent, good person, and in, inherently they can have a beautiful marriage. However, he notices that he has a Chaver, or a few Chaverim, that are married, and they, and then of course they go over Shabbos, or their pa- or their or their friends tell them what's going on in their homes. That in their mind, the other person's wife is on a higher quote unquote madrega. So here it becomes very funny and very very subtle, and uh, it's you could take it with a sense of humor in a cynical way, but it's sad that basically what you're doing is, this is the Yetzirah is very cunning, so you're not emulating, quote-unquote, uh, uh, the, the beauty of the other person's wife. When you're being, like, sachmoid eishes reyecha, and not to covet someone else's wife, so chalila, you're not, it's nothing, you even, don't even know really that much what she looks like, and you're not, the, the looks, it's not the issue, and this, it's the mice and toivim now, right? So there, there it takes on, where you sort of justify in your head, that she finishes Tillam every day, and your wife doesn't. She's the one, the other wife, makes sure that the Shabbat, you know, right after Chatzos, you know, a Friday afternoon, whether it's the summertime, whether it's the springtime, the tablecloth is already set, the food is already on the blech, everything is prepared, spick and span the covered Shabbos, and that's from 12.30 Friday afternoon. And it's beautiful already. And he could sit down, his friend tells him this, of course, he could sit down, and he could learn to share a shirim and have seder. And his wife comes over and comes over to him. He says, maybe you want a piece of potato gogol to cover Chavez. And she runs and gives him a potato gogol and this and that. So and this guy's demyoinus to this other guy who married a decent 
woman, a true good person, and has this fixation in his head, whether real or fantasy, not about um, terrible things, about, you know, who knows what, but on Ruchni is the Kenyanim, you know, the Eshes Chayel, she's really a Rifka Yimenu, you know, I'm, you know, and my wife doesn't even come close to that. That type of thing, even though it seems like it's coming from a Ruchni Yisdika place, and from Chazals and this and that, it's a bunch of nonsense. This is not... This is all coming from the Yitzhahara trying to make people who they are not blow up, first of all, that other person has their other things and be totally in an unrealistic frame of mind. And that is equally a Leisachmoid to, to, to a Leisachmoid uh, with Znus. I wouldn't put it like exactly, maybe not. You could argue with me. But it's very, that idea of the kinna part of it Maybe the sachmite again, there's a difference. But on the kinna part of it, and coveting, desiring that in your wife that some uh, that someone else has in their wife is an extremely unhealthy thing. And it goes the other way around also. And again, I'm talking about how it can be very subtle in spiritual things, right? Your husband's a good guy, and he, he's kaveya itim letaira. He does learn. And he does do chesed, and he has a good heart. He's not perfect, but he really tries, and he provides for the kids. He loves the kids. He has whatever faults he has, like every person has their faults, just like she has her own faults. He's a good guy. He's a good man. He's a good husband. But again, in her head, um, in her head, the, the, uh, because again, I don't, whatever the culture was, what you expect, because he could only learn an hour and a half at a time and then needs to either do chesed or other good things, but he doesn't, this other one could learn straight, the other one, people go over to him and give him more covet, ask him shyless, is a bigger Talmud Chochem, quote-unquote, so then there is some, that type of kinna and comparison, and a chemda, a leisach might in that essence too. So what I'm trying to say, what I was trying to say in the last few minutes of what I was saying is, is that the comparison game and the kinna and all of that comes in many shapes and forms. Sometimes it's very coarse and grub and very, you know, um, materialistic, where you could tell right away. And sometimes the Yetzirah fools you and tries to convince you that it's really a spiritual yearning that you see in someone else's wife that you want your wife to have or what someone else's husband has that you want your husband to have. And that literally destroys marriages. And it destroys the midas of a person as well. He thinks he's looking for ruchnius, but it's not. She thinks she's looking for, you know, more taira, more yira, more shamayim. And, and the lack of satisfaction is it's not really a lack of satisfaction. You just want to motivate more. Nonsense. It's very important to know this. It's very important that to recognize that every Yid has a special Neshama and they could, their job is to bring out their best potential as best as they could, whatever their ability is and whatever the Kaychis are. And that's an extremely important Yisai to know. And so this idea of not comparing in unhealthy ways, both ways, like we said, both ways are wrong. Both if it makes you feel very inferior, and both when it feels is superior. Both whether you're better and I'm worse, or I'm better and you're worse. Both ways is very unhealthy. And it's important to know this. It's important to realize this. It's important to realize, to recognize, what and be accepting of what your Kishrenes are. And I'll be messiahing with this, which is very important to know.
because you see this in Sfarim with Ruchnius too. It's a very complex thing. Because on one hand, it's brought down that with Gashmius, with physical things, you're supposed to be some meat bechalka. You're supposed to be happy with your lot. While with spiritual things, you're not supposed to really fully be happy with your halat. Because if you're happy with your lot, you won't accomplish. You can't be happy just learning with one parak when you can learn two parakim. You can't just be happy if you learn Mesechtas Megillah, if you know you, you have the Yechelis to finish Mesechtas Tainus also, and so on and so forth. So there is a concept of not being Mesameach Bechelkoi on the idea that you want to go up, sort of like that Kinnah Seifim like we talked about before. But at the same time, and the Gerod brings this down in Evan Shlema, in a Sefer there, and in other places it's brought down, that what's very, very dangerous is, is to try to jump up beyond your abilities and to just be unrealistic about how you want to j- jump up. And many Svarim talk about that on a certain level. Yes, you are supposed to be happy with the Ruchnius that you already achieved and fully be Sameach Bechelkecha. Which means it's a complex thing. I understand some people have a hard time wrapping their head around it. That, for example, if you maybe didn't achieve as much as you would have liked to, but you finished a couple of mesechtas, let's say, the, the man, and he wants and he, and he knows he needs to do more. So there is a bechina, an aspect of, you know, I can't be fully satisfied with my knowledge now. I need to grow. A million percent, that's true. But at the same time, the svarim are madgish and sense that as you're trying to yearn to go beyond, that opposite thought also needs to be in your head, that Baruch Hashem, I have what I have. Baruch Hashem, I have a certain Ruchnistika level that I'm happy with, I'm tzafriden with, and I appreciate the, the spirituality and the sipika nefesh that I get out of it, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave me that ability to do the mesechtas that I did do, to learn the mesechtas that I did learn, or for a woman to achieve her level of your shemaim, whatever it is, at her level, even though she knows she needs to go beyond that level. So that's a very important thing that's very connected with the topic we're discussing right now about being careful with making unhealthy comparisons. And Mi'at Hashem, that is really how we bring the Geula. You know, it's brought down Sinas to apply it to Havas This is sort of a, 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 a aspect of it which is very much the same. And the fact is, is that Be'ezus Hashem La'asad Lava, it says that they won't be Mekana each other. Yehuda won't be Mekana Ephraim, and Ephraim won't be Mekana Yehuda. They won't be jealous of each other. We need to be that way with each other. We need to low, go quietly and secretly bench every house in Klai Yisrael. If we need Yeshua's ourselves, we turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we ask Hashem, please give us Yeshua's. If we need help with our Shalom Bayis, we turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we ask Hashem, please help us with our Shalom Bayis. To be jealous or compared to other people only causes heartache, only causes negativity, only causes hormon. And that's Hashem has a special sipaka nefesh and gives special bracha to people who are happy with other people, who are sincerely very happy when they see simchas. You may be struggling with a shidduch in a particular child of yours, but when you hurry here, your friend, son or daughter became a chasen or kala, you're really, really genuinely happy. And I know it's not always easy, just like we talked about when we're dealing with childlessness. If, uh, you know, when you have someone married, even, you know, you're for five, six years already, and everyone around them are having children left and right, to be genuinely really, really happy is an avayda sometimes. Sometimes you feel the hurt. It's a, it's a pang. It's human nature. No one's knocking you for, for, for the fact that you have that human nature. But what we need to do is, and Hashem gives us the ability to rise above it, 
and Hashem gives us siyata deshmaya, yagata matzasa tamen, you work on it, Hashem will give you the matan and you'll be able to feel it. And ultimately, it'll be mamashaganeden in your own home when you are happy for others and you're happy with your lot and you see the brachas, and as you see the brachas and have a karasatai for what you do have, that's when Hashem is moist of a and gives you more and more and more. Have a wonderful day.